The Book of Psalms, chapter 5, verses 8 through 12. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make the way straight before my face. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is very wickedness. Their throat is an open sepulcher. They flatter with their tongue. Destroy them, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Cast them out in the multitude of their transgressions, for they have rebelled against you. But let all those who put their trust in you rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy, because you defend them. Let them also that love your name be joyful in you. For you, Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor will you encompass him as with a shield. Now we come to the second part, in which the psalmist repeats his arguments and goes over the same ground again. Lead me, O Lord, as a little child is led by its father, as a blind man is guided by his friend. It is safe and pleasant, walking when God leads the way. In your righteousness, not in my righteousness, for that is imperfect, but in yours. For you are righteousness itself. Make your way, not my way. Make your way straight before my face. Brethren, when we have learned to give up our way and long to walk in God's way, it is a happy sign of grace. And it is no small mercy to see the way of God with clear vision straight before our face. Errors about duty may lead us into a sea of sins before we know where we are. Verse 9, there is no faithfulness in their mouth. This description of depraved man has been copied by the Apostle Paul, and together with some other quotations, he has placed it in the second chapter of Romans as being an accurate description of the whole human race, not of David's enemies only, but of all men by nature. Note that remarkable figure, their throat is an open sepulchre, a sepulchre full of loathsomeness, of miasma, of pestilence and death. But worse than that, it is an open sepulchre, with all its evil gases is issuing forth to spread death and destruction all around. So with the throat of the wicked, it would be a great mercy if it could always be closed. If we could seal in continual silence the mouth of the wicked, it would be like a sepulcher shut up and would not produce much mischief. But, alas, their throat is an open sepulcher. Consequently, all the wickedness of their heart exhales and comes forth. How dangerous is an open sepulcher! Men in their journeys might easily stumble therein and find themselves among the dead. Take heed of the wicked man, for there is nothing that he will not say to ruin you. He will long to destroy your character and bury you in the hideous tomb of your own wicked throat. One sweet thought here, however. At the resurrection, there will be a resurrection not only of bodies, but characters. This should be a great comfort to a man who has, who has been abused and slandered. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun. The world may think you vile and bury your character, but if you have been upright in the day when the graves shall give up their dead, 
This open sepulcher of the sinner's throat shall be compelled to give up your heavenly character, and you shall come forth and be honored in the sight of men. They flatter with their tongue, or, as we might read it, they have an oily tongue, a smooth tongue. A smooth tongue is a great evil. Many have been bewitched by it. There be many human anteaters that with their long tongues covered with oily words entice and entrap the unwary and make their gain thereby. When the wolf licks the lamb, he is preparing to wet his teeth in its blood. Against you, they have rebelled against you, not against me. If these people were my enemies, I would forgive them, but I cannot forgive yours. We are to forgive our enemies, but God's enemies it is not in our power to forgive. These expressions have often been noticed by men of over-refinement as being harsh and grating on the ear. Oh, they say, they are vindictive and revengeful. Let us remember that they might be translated as prophecies, not as wishes. But we do not care to avail ourselves of this method of escape. We have never heard of a reader of the Bible who, after perusing these passages, was made revengeful by reading them. And it is but fair to test the nature of a writing by its effects. When we hear a judge condemning a murderer, however severe his sentence, we do not feel that we should be justified in condemning others for any private injury done to us. The psalmist here speaks as a judge. He speaks as God's mouth and in condemning the wicked he gives us no excuse whatever for uttering anything in the way of malediction upon those who have caused us personal offense. The most shameful way of cursing another is by pretending to bless him. We were all somewhat amused by noticing the toothless malice of that wretched old priest of Rome when he foolishly cursed the Emperor of France with his blessing. He was blessing him in form and cursing him in reality. Now, in direct contrast, we put this healthy commitment of David, which is intended to be a blessing, by warning the sinner of the impending curse. O impenitent man, be it known unto you that all the your godly friends will give their solemn assent to the awful sentence of the Lord, which he shall pronounce upon you in the day of doom. Our verdict shall applaud the condemning curse which the judge of all the earth shall thunder against the godless. In the following verse we once more find the contrast which has marked the preceding psalms. But let all those that put their trust in you rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let them also that love your name be joyful in you. Joy is the privilege of the believer. When sinners are destroyed, our rejoicing shall be full. They laugh first and weep ever after. We weep now, but shall rejoice eternally. When they howl, we will shout. And as they must groan forever, so shall we ever shout for joy. This holy bliss of ours has a firm foundation. For, O oh Lord, we are joyful in you. The eternal God is the wellspring of our bliss. We love God, and therefore we delight in Him. Our heart is at ease in our God. We fare sumptuously every day because we feed on Him. 
We have music in the house, music in the heart, and music in heaven, for the Lord Jehovah is our strength and our song. He also is become our salvation. For you, Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor will you encompass him as with a shield. Jehovah has ordained his people the heirs of blessedness, and nothing shall rob them of their inheritance. With all the fullness of his power he will bless them, and all his attributes shall unite to satiate them with divine contentment. Nor is this merely for the present, but the blessing reaches into the long and unknown future. You, Lord, will bless the righteous. This is a promise of infinite length, of unbounded breath, and of unutterable preciousness. As for the defense which the believer needs in this land of battles, it is here promised to him in the fullest measure. There were vast shields used by the ancients as extensive as a man's whole person, which would surround him entirely. So says David, with favor will you encompass him as with a shield. According to Ainsworth, there is here also the idea of being crowned, so that we wear a royal helmet, which is at once our glory and defense. O Lord, give us to this gracious coronation. <laughs> 